Hi, everybody. Today's March 16, 2022, and I am really honored and privileged to have one of the brightest, thorough, um, searching minds out there. Uh, this is Tal Bachman. Um, he's uh, an amazing man. He's a musician. Uh, you might uh, know him from uh, She's So High uh, a couple decades ago, but he's a great singer still, and he has really an interesting, uh, fascinating repertoire. Uh, I love he he does uh, you know unpredictably uh, for for what you might think he does uh, a lot of uh, Latin American ballads and he sings them beautifully. He's got a great range of emotion in his art and he's got you know really great range of of intellect uh, towards his uh, applied subjects and you know I I have him on not because he's an expert on COVID but I think he's an expert on experience and 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 thinking and. He's a writer. Uh, he's written for um, Mark Stein's Stein Online. That's S T E Y N. Um, and I've, you know, we've gotten to know each other uh, through this virtual uh, world. And um, I've always find, frankly, almost everything he posts uh, of great interest. And I'm not going to you know, do much more of an intro than that. Um, maybe you can take it from here a little bit and just uh, tell us what's been up with you. And and um, I, I guess I will preface that. Uh, I really f found he, I guess he kind of whipped off, you know, this is kind of the, the level of his insight. He, he, he whipped off a bunch of questions, which are um, good skeptical Socratic questions that all of us should be answering or asking and, and hopefully answering as well. And um, I'll just leave it there as preface. Thanks for that intro. That was awesome. <laughs> I, I, we, I feel like dating you now. I, yeah. No, that was great. Why can't girlfriends, wives say that? Those sorts of, anyway, um, yeah, that was great. Thank you. Um, what have I been doing? Well, um, I mean, I guess I've been trying to get through the last two years like everyone else. And, you know, there's been some challenges and also some new opportunities. And, you know, of course, one of the things that you and I have both kind of been watching is the, the unfolding of the, you know, the COVID crisis and the vaccine rollouts and all the noise around that and you know high stakes big drama some of the players seem to be we'll say not on the up and up um you know of dubious credibility despite in some cases their illustrious credentials so yeah that's that's been a concern fair enough um you want to uh, hit the ground running so i pop some of your uh sure questions sure. up there so i, I, I have uh, some slides prepared i took uh um some of the questions you posed to i forget which group it was and i put them up and i'm going to preface let's see if i add this to the stream here we're going to shrink <laughs> i'm going to do this so we can get bigger again uh alice in wonderland so this is um i'm going to just switch um uh slides here so th this is something i posted um i'm going to it's really nothing to do with what we were talking about, but I, I belong to various uh, civic groups. In this case, uh, I brought this up to my congregation, religious congregation, who want a, a good fraction of them want still to, you know, mandate masks indoors. Right, of course. And uh, I just want to point out where we are. Uh, this is Massachusetts, and there was a whole Omicron bubble, as you can see. But then the numbers went down after. Uh, the mask mandate was lifted. Right. So I, I'm not sure it has any way relationship. I don't think the mask did anything positive or negative. I think it's just, you know, run its course. Um, but, you know, the, 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 there's one of our members is a MD, P, 
uh, MPH. So he, he works literally for the Department of Public Health here. And he, he kind of wants them for the foreseeable future because there might be another uh, variant. And it's, um, you know, I'm not sure what the variant is for thinking like that. <laughs> uh, that's, you know, at any rate, I, I, I just put this up because I had it up and I, I wanted to get out there, uh, you know, show where we are. You, you are here. You're, you're all done. You know, this shows the huge number of people who, who now have natural immunity to the most recent version of, of coronavirus. And uh, what are we still worried about? Anyway, but but your questions were more, I think, retrospective. And here we go. Um, I'm probably going to skip over this one, but uh, if you want to comment on it, um, just as a preface to where you were, what were you you were thinking? Um, well, let me just say at the outset to anyone who's watching this, I have no, certainly no financial investment. I have no big emotional investment in in a position on this. So mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I I you know I, I like to believe I am completely open to all sorts of evidence and you know good answers and and everything. So I'm not. I don't really think of myself as, as so much, you know, a proponent or an advocate of a position as to just, I just, I'm just trying to ask the right questions. So, mm -hmm. um, I, and as I, as I have mentioned in this, this thing that I, I zipped out the other day, um, I haven't really gotten a lot of answers that I think are great or reassuring answers. Mm -hmm. In fact, as we'll, I'm sure we'll get into, it's the opposite. Right. So let, let's, uh, let's come back to your, questions. So that's kind of a preface. And uh, here they are. Um, I think there are 13 of them. So you should stick around. Um, would you like to kind of posit any of these or? Yeah. Okay. No, I no, no, just Yeah. Uh, so just I think we can that. have a conversation on them. I mean, I, I'm not an expert either. I have an MD after my name. So there's that. And I've been doing these <laughs> podcasts, you know, video casts um, weekly. Uh, it probably in both senses of that word, <laughs> uh, as opposed not strongly, but I, I literally have been doing them every seven days. So there's that. Um, and anyway, so what, 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 what interests you here? Well, I mean, I, I mean, it's been frustrating to deal with people that, you know, they're either just sort of ordinary citizens, you know, concerned, but just ordinary citizens or people that are in some facet of the gigantic kind of healthcare establishment, you know, every, everybody from nurses to top surgeons, to psychiatrists, to everybody in between. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned on there, I mean, it, it, it seems like they're all reading from the same script, like the same sorts of talking points or sort of defense mechanism, impenetrable wall slogans Mm -hmm. have been uploaded into them. I mean, I know that I'm speaking kind of melodramatically, but it, you start to get that sense, like, like, what is this, an MKUltra? Like, what are these, are these people robots? Like, you know, why can't we get a straight, good faith answer? Why do these people seem completely incurious about this accumulating, um, you know, mountain of, well, we'll call them, you know, anecdotes. Mm -hmm. But I think that, I mean, you, let me just digress for a second. You get to a point when you when you hear these stories about adverse reactions to the vaccine. Well, you know, you know, one is an anecdote, ten is an anecdote, maybe a hundred are their their anecdotes. I mean, there's some level at like you know, it, it, I you know, just sort of 
when you're trying to make sense of this this data, the, these sorts of you know these the, these streams of incoming information, mm -hmm. where you can't just isolate and dismiss every one of them as an anecdote. I mean, if you do a test on say five thousand people of some kind or other, and three hundred people kind of something happens to them, you know, and when it's done in the in the in the kind of formal setting of a scientific test, you don't dismiss the three hundred cases as anecdotes. That's evidence because it's sort of been framed to me from what I can, you know, kind of I can gather. You don't dismiss them as anecdotes and trivial or completely irrelevant or not worth mentioning, be, you know, because because it was part of a kind of formal framework of, of investigation. Right. So so maybe I'm skipping ahead here. But one of the things that has kind of disturbed me is that there doesn't seem to have been a good faith effort to to kind of you know, quantify properly adverse reactions, reports of adverse reactions, right? Like where are the big giant studies that to really get the real numbers? These people, every time, sorry, Randy, I didn't mean to interrupt. But, That's right. Uh, well, I, every time you kind of bring this up, they say, well, the VAERS numbers, the VAERS numbers, the VAERS numbers, right? They're not that big. They're not that big. And, you know, and it's like, okay, what are the real VAERS numbers? Because no one that I know, and I will bet, I will bet you that anyone watching this who has, has experienced an adverse reaction or had someone in their personal uh, circle who did, I would bet you that none of them has gone through the process of registering that adverse reaction on the VAERS website. Absolutely. So, so the obvious question is how many adverse reactions really are there? And, and this is why I say there's this remarkable incuriosity amongst the Vax or Die Brigade to look at those numbers, and it almost kind of here's my the end of my point here. It almost kind of seems like there's a reluctance to to actually dive into that question in a kind of within a formal framework of study, because as long as you're missing the framework, they can all be dismissed as mm -hmm. anecdotes, right? Unless it was sort of right, unless right. So you know, so it, it, there appears to be a conscious or unconscious or semi-conscious sort of you know like it's some sort of tacit understanding amongst the Vaxxer Die Brigade to just not go there. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you go there? That's a whole other. That's a whole other. Right. Well, I, you know, you've got a lot loaded there and I'm not going to be able to give you the answer because uh, I, much as I like to think I am, I'm not omniscient <laughs> and I can't read into everybody else's uh, minds, but it, it does seem that way. You know, there, there seem to be typically uh, an incuriosity towards certain types of adverse events such as the you know uh the holo holo the i can't even make a good new word out of this i'm trying to combine holocaust and andrew cuomo uh the cuomo cost the holo cuomo um but all the entire northeast you know flipping people back into the nursing homes and then that just kind of goes down the memory hole yeah. and uh you know our illustrious uh man slash woman of the year according to u.s uh, news and world report i believe or usa today either one uh, dr uh, Robert, now Rachel Levine, you know, did exactly the same thing, you know, popping uh, people back into the nursing homes in Pennsylvania uh, when Dr. Levine was the head there, uh, yeah. except for Dr. Levine's uh, illustrious mother, who, you know, wound up kind of in in a sense being homeschooled, you know, got she got taken out of that, um, you know, rigmarole when, when um, you know, elderly woman, when she got um, COVID. So it's kind of like, you know, what's good for uh, me is not good for thee or so so but there's you know there's still an incredible incuriosity about anything that goes in that direction and i i, I would imagine 
as well as the VAERS, the vaccine adverse event, you know, what is it, reaction system, you know, has been under um, uh, underreported in the U.S. Um, because uh, physicians are not on board with this. Um, you know, I've I've become a little bit saddened by the lockstep manner of physicians, um, you know, handling the narrative of COVID. Uh, I've mentioned this, you know, eight, you know, seven or eight times throughout the year. Uh, but one of my good friends, physician, pediatrician, and he's a you know reasonable talking head. He's been on local TV and all that kind of stuff. And so he has some influence. And when he came down with COVID early on, um, he was fine with it. He, he didn't have much illness and he and his wife both had it. And I said, isn't that, you know, I mean, I'm glad you're good. And now is the time you can take the mask off, you know, literally and figuratively, I guess, and, and show your patients there's a, a positive, you know, result to this. And he's like, no, it's not really ready for that. Who's not ready? So like, well, you know, basically he intimated the political narrative wasn't ready for that. Trump was still not unelected. And, and so he was, you know, so he was doing it, you know, as a resist moment where it's, you know, they want to keep the pressure on that COVID is still really bad. And, you know, you got to lose faith at that. I mean, I'm not going to give somebody, you know, any other diagnosis longer or misrepresent things based on politics. You know, if somebody has the wrong cancer or the right cancer or whatever, I mean, you can't operate that way. You can't, you know, verge, you know, diverge from, from, you know, excellent medical thought because your politics, anyway, when that happens, the thing's corrupted. So I think there's been, you know, some corruption up and down. So I don't think you're far off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's a little strange because, you know, you read these, these, you know, these stories of atrocities throughout history, even in the last, you know, 100, 110 years, of course, you know, great cataclysmic events. And you, you know, I, you grow up reading about these things and you think, man, I just, what, what in the world would it feel like? What would it, what would it just be like to be in that situation? And, you know, it's very difficult to imagine. And, and I feel that, you know, in some ways we've, we've lived through, you know, some pretty cataclysmic, I would say malfeasance. It looks, it looks like that. I mean, incompetence can go a long way when you're talking about government, but, you know, some of these actors just, they, I mean, it's, it, you know, at the very least, it's it's just negligence, recklessness, and at most, they're profiteers. Now, now, one of the other kind of disturbing things. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things to feel kind of disturbed and even outraged by. But one of them is you you kind of touched on is where is the lingering outrage over Andrew Cuomo and these ten thousand, eleven thousand seniors that he basically murdered? I mean, he didn't actively murder them in the sense of strangling them, but he. As you know, he he demanded that state care facilities take COVID positive elderly people when, by the way, when everyone was completely panicking about how infectious this disease was. Now, why in the world would he do that? But regardless of why, why is there no outrage over this? N number three, why is there no criminal investigation into this? I mean, you would think that that would be kind of a case of criminal negligence or recklessness it clearly it is and it, and it wasn't just there it was all the blue northeast megalopolis you know the the new, uh, governor murphy um and i think wolf in pennsylvania they had the same policies um so i don't mean to right. cry wolf, cry right. wolf in this in this case but <laughs> literally um we should we should have done the sound effect with the rim shot for this so <laughs> i just pushed it it was just like <laughs> i know that's yeah, where uh, is the outrage 
I don't mean from normal people. There's enough of that. You know, like, you know, the, the families of the, the deceased are outraged. Where like the gatekeepers, the, you know, the, the law, where, law enforcement, the muckraking yeah. journalists. I, know, we, were, we, we, I think we have to get the Canadian the uh, truckers on this Rocky, excuse me, the, the mounted uh, police uh, to come down. Well, they haven't they haven't had their best two years either, of course. You know, <laughs> that's another disturbing thing is how easily law enforcement agencies can be co-opted and manipulated, steered. And what will these guys not do? Yeah, no, it's uh, this has come up in different conversations. I forgot somebody was talking about, well, that's not in the Constitution. <laughs> it was a dinner party uh, recently. I've, I'm gonna, not going to be able to come up with the precise context. I apologize. But it's like, you know, that's awesome. The Constitution's awesome. But, you know, it is literally written. I think literally written on parchment and um, and if you know you you need a, a populace to to care about it enough um, and and otherwise people will go and do what they want and they do will do what they will and uh, you know we're you know I mean the Bible is out there and people you know know what it is but they don't necessarily follow it and and maybe they should maybe they shouldn't and the Constitution maybe they should maybe they shouldn't but certainly that has been the operative you know, uh, you know, the operating system for our country. And I, you're, you're a foreigner. I forgot to mention. Uh, well, I'm a dual uh, citizen. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I but know. You, I, grew, you, I grew, I grew up in the U S but you speak, yeah, you speak reasonable American. Um, but, uh, so I'm going to like pop up uh, your questions again. Um, I'm going to need my glasses to, to read them. Um, do you want to cover any of these, uh, so any of these have any interest aside from people pausing them and reading them at some? Um... Yeah, well, I mean, back to your point about remarkable and curiosity, we did have early reports. I'm talking, you know, spring of 2020, early reports that that um, there were, you know, certain antiparasitics appeared to have antiviral properties that helped thwart COVID. And again, nothing but in curiosity now how can that be where was the giant rush to kind of investigate that in it's fact, amazing it's amazing yeah, in, yeah i mean it's amazing and disgusting because it, if 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 is what it appears to have been then you know this was a sort of this was like an unnecessary i mean how many people actually needed to die if you know if good faith actors in the healthcare establishment had said well maybe we got something here um Let's look at let's take a closer look at these claims. Um, but as you know, as a number of people have pointed out, of course, not just me, but, you know, McCullough and Malone and these guys who, of course, have been completely maligned as crackpots and lunatics. And you know, um, I mean, as they as they pointed out, um, I mean, when you look at a lot of those studies, they seem to almost have been designed to fail. Right. And, you know, this whole horse dewarmer thing, you know, um, well, people, yeah, people play, you know, they, if you don't have an argument, uh, forget what it is. If you have the law on your side, argue the, the law. If you have the facts on your side, argue the facts. If you have neither, um, you know, yell at the person, jump up and down and scream. And a lot of, you know, the argumentation has been basically shut up. You know, ivermectin, if you, I, I, I use the Google time filter all the time to get recency bias out of my queries. And ivermectin, I mean, literally the inventor got the Nobel Prize for, I don't know, medicine or chemistry, whatever it was. And um, and the stuff is lauded throughout. I mean, the dec it's been around a couple decades, at least, I think maybe more. And, uh, 
you know, it was being used for this, for this, for this. It wasn't just for parasites, the larger, you know, uh, parasites. It was used for viruses. And and there were lots of positive trials on different types of viruses. And, and the thing is, whether it works or not is really a separate point. But, you know, before you have a vaccine, why wouldn't you at least try that? I mean, the, the, you know, President Trump had the right to try bill for, you know, late stage cancer patients who, you know, were willing to be, you know, kind of guinea pigs, whatever. It's very, you know, little downside for them aside from dying from cancer, which is right. kind of baked in the cake. Right. Like, why, why not? And there are all kinds of repurposed medications. Viagra literally, you know, was supposed to be a heart pill and, um, you know, things to regrow hair and all. These are all right. second, secondary side effects. And and since this stuff was already FDA approved, as is HCQ, hydroxychloroquine, you know, what is exactly the harm? If you have nothing else going, you know, but but it was all lambasted as if we're supposed to just stay huddled up and wait for the Messiah vaccine. Yeah. And and I, that, that's where I think, you know, the fix is in. And again, I, I am not an anti-vaxxer. I always posit this, that I literally have given out tens of thousands of vaccines over the years. I've taken dozens of vaccines. I've taken the flu shot. Every, anyway, you got the disclaimer. And so I'm very pro-vaccine, but always these are these are prior to the illness, not after the illness. And they've all been tested over the years. And they have you know decades of uh, experience and whatnot. And and here we're supposed to just kind of huddle up and lock down. And clearly there was no necessity for it. You know everyone was seemed to have some kind of you know. And I'm not a conspiracy guy, but but this in a sense was a conspiracy because if you go back before the um, you know the Gates Foundation. Uh, had like a war games kind of thing for infectious virus and their lockdowns. I mean, everything that that the major governments did was all in this book. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, you know, not in the book. They had, you know, it's all public. You can find it on YouTube. I'm not making yeah. this stuff up. Yeah. Um, I, I, I let me just pause here. I, I mean, ugh. yeah, I know that reasonable people can disagree about a lot of these things and maybe, you know, and certainly the nuances of particular claims. But I mean, one big question for me is how could you have been a sentient human being and not have seen red flags attached to this thing from the get go? How could you not have smelt the rat? I just want to suggest respectfully, if you, if you didn't smell a rat or see any red flags, when these people started smearing ivermectin as horse dewormer there's something wrong with you you need to punch yourself in the head and <laughs> and wake up for yourself and your family and your loved ones these people i mean there were, there's no way that was just an accidental incompetent thing that was that was a a designed Absolutely. kind of thought terminating cliche like mind penetrating thing to just get you off even considering the possibility the possibility that there might be effective early stage treatments for this thing. I mean, the, to, to smear a, a to smear a medicine that won the Nobel Prize in 2015, which was not that long ago. I mean, if you're six, it was long ago. I mean, if you're us, it's not that long ago. I mean, we can remember, you know, what we ate for lunch, you know, at, I mean, yeah, I, we, I mean, we can remember a lot of 2015, you know, I mean, it was not that long ago. And, and, and if it, like, and I guess I would further say, like, if you, if if you can't, couldn't put together, if you couldn't figure out that that was an unfair label on ivermectin because it also had apl applicability to other mammals besides human beings. I mean, again, there, there's something wrong with you. I mean, we've we've been using antibiotics on horses. Your cat 
dogs, every, everything. We don't, you know, we don't smear amoxicillin as dog medicine and then tell everyone to never take it again when there's an infection moving up their arm. I mean, it's just absolutely Yeah, especially, absurd. you know, I've treated patients for decades and, and people try lots of stuff before they come to see you and, or see me. And, um, you know, they, they'll have, they will have, taken the amoxicillin. It's like, oh, I had the sort, you know, I'm going to do a strep testing. Well, I want to, you know, I, I took the amoxicillin already. Well, why did you, because well, they, that's people, what people do. They want to try it. And there's really no harm for that for the most right. part. I mean, every now and then you might some, have fun, somebody penicillin allergic, but you're absolutely right. That's an excellent point. You know, the, the fact that pigs probably take more amoxicillin per year than humans do is, is irrelevant. It's and, irrelevant. Of and if anybody brought it up, I mean, you know, you'd be laughed out of out of whatever medical right. institution until now. <laughs> you know, if it if it, if it just found out that it, it could help, you know, steer people away. Um, speaking of of stockyards and whatnot, it, it's there's a little bit of that. Like everyone's just being guided. You know, put the blinders on and being guided into the into the you know whatever the the uh, little pathways are. Uh, I'm not saying we're going to the slaughterhouse, um, but we are being corralled and. Um, you know what's 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 that up you know what's up with that what's the reason for that i don't know i mean well, oh, well, maybe, I, I do know but well maybe you could argue that you know a lot of folks have kind of been led to a slaughterhouse because if you're at risk for covid and you come down with those covid symptoms and you put a call in in the first two hours and your doctor and everyone else or every healthcare professional around you says whatever you do don't take these two medications don't take extra zinc, don't take HCQ, which is, you know, quinine, right? You know, right. kind of modern version of quinine, um, which, you know, helped win World War II, um, you know, and before that had the, been around. Helped with the Panama Canal. Yeah, exactly. And before that, like, had been around for millennia in the in the new world, right? Um, it's a kind of a native herbal medication. But, you know, okay, you know, and then you die. You know, how many people died as a result of being put off those those possibly maybe probably effective early stage treatments in fact it wasn't just being put off of course it was the american government the canadian government i think the british government certainly the australian government a whole bunch of governments denied access to those life potentially life-saving medicines absolutely and, that, and yeah and even if you were fortunate to fortunate enough to have a doctor who would give you a prescription the pharmacists refused to fill the prescription no, now that black marketing, you, you would literally have, and as we've seen from recent federal um, uh, donations, you would literally have an easier time getting a crack pipe. Um, well, you would, you would. I mean, the Biden administration, what didn't they fund the handing out of crack pipes, but they did everything they could to deny people access to potentially life-saving medicine. Now that is Soviet level dystopian evil there i mean what is the possible excuse for that like we've lived through something is what i was saying a few years ago uh, a few minutes ago we've lived through something that is sort of in the same category as these cataclysms that other people have lived through in years past you know decades past you know a state-sponsored famine in ukraine you know that my distant relatives were you know were involved with the ones that didn't come over to canada and america um i mean it's been that kind of thing i mean at, it actually appears to have been that. Meanwhile, you know, so, you know, you're in San Isidro or San Diego, you know, you're in San Clemente, you know, like driving around doing like the Nixon tour. Um, you can't get ivermectin if you come down, but if you drive across the border to Tijuana, 
you know, which I don't know what it's like now, but traditionally has been viewed as something, you know, it's something of a toilet. You drive across the border to Tijuana, you get this stuff for like, you know, 20 cents a tablet or whatever, as much as you want over the counter and potentially yep. save your life. Now, last thing I'll say is, you know, does it actually work? Well, it seems to. I certainly know tons of people that have come down with COVID, slammed ivermectin, slammed their zinc, and none of them have died. I know people, I know one guy I was very close to who died after getting a vaccine. I don't know anyone who's died from COVID. I'm not saying they don't exist, of course, but right. I don't know anyone. Right. Well, I, I think that the data is, the data are very good that ivermectin has very little downside. Uh, the places that, you know, where it was not pilloried, um, such as South Africa and uh, India. India, you know, India is kind of a big place. I think uh, last, let me check my watch. I think there are a billion people um, running around India right now. And they had the India strain, which got relabeled the Delta strain. And they, at the time, they were, they, the country was, I think, 10 to 15 percent vaccinated, very similar to South Africa's situation with uh, both the, I think, the beta strain and then Omicron, very, very low levels of, of vaccination background. And, and they, you know, they had the standard kind of Sweden blip. It went up, it went down. And, um, and very little else going on, except people got it, got exposed to it. Uh, they suffered through whatever cases there were. They, didn't, they had a case fatality rate lower than the United States, even at the, um, throughout. And, and they had rampant uh, treatment with ivermectin. I'm not, that's not science. Uh, that's that's anecdote, but but there was there was no blip from the you know getting sick from the ivermectin, you know. So it's like there was very obviously a little downside. Uh, yeah. Sweden uh, is a, a, you know another kind of counterfactual or experimental case, you know. That insofar as we have like world federalism, uh, such as we have in the United States, individually the states try different things. The experiments have pretty much shown that going one way or another way uh, doesn't seem to matter that much. Um, except that there's a lot more pain um, if you do the lockdowns, uh, both economic, uh, financial, social, despair, uh, heroin, uh, overdosing, all that kind of stuff. And the place that, that left open, uh, they managed to find either with or, you know, either, you know, with or from the ivermectin and so forth, but they certainly did no worse. And there's, you know, there, if ever people could be brought to task to, to, to pay for this, or brought to trial or whatever they should, because the, the, the advice was was baseless, formless. Um, I don't even know sure what this word means, but I like it. Gormless. Have you heard that word? Yeah, it's a British British word. It's got kind of means clueless. There you go. Well, we're going to use that one. I'm going to just but, pop but, pop that in. Yeah. 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 I mean, of course, they never will be held accountable, not least because millions upon millions of people, all of whom uh, voted for Hillary Clinton and Joseph Biden. Um, just, I mean, they still, they, it, it's hard to believe, but I mean, there are still tons of people that have never heard of ivermectin. There are still tons of people that have never heard that there might be a growing group of people that have suffered really severe health problems because of the vaccine, not because of COVID. I mean, I mean, I'm not talking about dummies or, you know, mm -hmm. third generation welfare bums or anything. I'm talking about like, in many cases, clever people with successful jobs, um, you know, and they're driving to work every day, listening to NPR in their $60,000 car. A lot of these people have never even heard of this other than maybe they've heard that there are some, you know, hillbilly, toothless, you know, backwoods, Trump loving yokels 
who have fallen prey to Russian disinformation and QAnon who don't want to get the greatest medical miracle since Jonas Salk came up with the polio vaccine. Yeah. Now, let, let me, I just want to say this in defense of the vaccine. Uh, I, I think I've told you I finished a book that's uh, going to be out next week or two, uh, Overturning Zika. And I couldn't, I, I was going to have it out a couple months ago. And then I thought, you know, what's really missing is frankly what's missing in the Zika world, which is the Zika vaccine. So I wrote a chapter about the Zika vaccine and people were promised a Zika vaccine right away. And, and a lot of people in multiple countries through tropical Latin America were told uh, from their health ministers not to have kids. Uh, don't have any kids, we're gonna get the vaccine and then you can start having kids. So, uh, and this was open-ended. Uh, people thought maybe a couple of years, two, three years would have a vaccine. Uh, I, I don't know if people listened or not. Uh, the, the birth rate went down in all those places. And there are probably, you know, hundreds of thousands of, you know, missing souls that never came to be one way or another uh, based on that. So it had a price, um, but it, they're, they're still trying to get a vaccine. So I, I think that the, the effort, you know, Operation Warp Speed, relatively speaking, was given that the Zika vaccine is going now on like six years or so, and there's no Zika vaccine. Um, not another day, another topic. Um, but, you know, did it have to be the mRNA version? So they, they kind of mixed something else in the cake here uh, because the Johnson Johnson proves, and, and there are other versions, there's Sinovac and Covaxin from you know, Asia, from China and India respectively. Um, and uh, you know, there are, there's a Russian version, I think Sputnik or something like that, um, where they, they did simpler versions of vaccine and they had them out cheaper uh, you know, for like literally you know, 50 cents produced per dose. Um, and they could get more people vaccinated with you know, probably a slightly lesser efficacy uh, version, but we had to have the mRNA one. And I, so I think this was kind of a, a piggybacking, um, but as long as the, you know, the coffers are open and billions are being thrown or maybe tens, I don't know how many, maybe hundreds of billions, I don't know what the number is, uh, we're going to get the super duper one. We've always wanted to do mRNA one. And I think it was kind of a, uh, you know, sleight of hand to, you know, I am not quite slip a Mickey in, in the taxpayer's drink, but they could have just gone with standard influenza, you know, flu shot type vaccine formulations and done just fine. And, you know, given that the mRNA ones have never, ever, 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 and that's a lot of evers, uh, been done, uh, why did it have to be done now? So you have a second problem, which uh, my other good friend, uh, Marc Giraudot um, in Paris, who's a brilliant guy, and I have an interview uh, with him uh, up here uh, as well, and maybe I'll get him back, but you should check out his uh, substack, sub and I might touch on it briefly, but he is interested in the LNP, the... Um, um, the actual, I, mean, I think I'm getting the acronym wrong, uh, but the um, lipo nanopro, and that is correct. Uh, I was thinking liquid natural gas, but uh, the, the lipid nanoparticle um, that they, they, they themselves, you know, are probably, you know, forming emboli of some type or another and getting in the vasculature. You know, one mm. of the, I don't want to take too long a side break here, but one of the problems you, you play rugby and, you know, I'm, I'm every now and then I'm sure somebody gets severe fractures, but one of the problems with the severe fractures, you can get a fatty embolism. That is some piece of the marrow, you know, the fatty part can get in your bloodstream and that's mm. death because, you know, little fat stuff doesn't dissolve. Uh, it's like getting bacon grease down your drain. It just sits and clogs there. Mm. And yet, you know, the vehicle for these vaccines are little fats and they might sit in the uh, muscle, but they might not. So there's some leakage. And so uh, there's been some thought that, you know, it's not necessarily just the vaccine part, which is its own issue, but the vehicle uh, and we're, you know, but we decided to do that and we had to do that right away. And I think, again, I think it may very well turn out to be a most wonderful invention um, and we can get, you know, great new formulations and so forth. But I don't think it had to be done. We had 
adenovirus carriers already for the you know generations of flu shots. Why did this have to be done this way? Sorry, well, that was my little diatribe. Well, yeah, I mean, even if you don't know anything about mRNA research over the last you know thirty-five years or whatever, um, I mean. <laughs> I'll just say, I, I'm not saying there are no exceptions to this. I mean, if we're little kids and it's 1957 and we can under, you know, and everyone can kind of understand how the polio vaccine is going to work and we've had friends die from polio, I, maybe that's a different story. But I mean, with with a, maybe not a novel technology, but but one that had not really been, that I know of, been tested on human beings. I mean, that's the last thing I want rushed to market at warp speed. And then okay. enforced. I mean, even like enforced. How, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, the name, the name, I mean, is a, a little bit of, you know, it's like, okay, wait a second, you know, yeah, warp speed. Well, and also I'm, you know, I'm healthy. And if I look at the real numbers, I mean, I'm supporting your point here. You know, did we really need that? And if we did, did we really need to go as, as an option? Did we really need to go whole hog and demand that everyone basically force millions of people I love these 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 dummies that say no one was ever forced to take this this injection. Of course they were forced. I mean, of course they were. Of course they were. I mean, if you're going to lose your house, your mortgage, your job, your career, don't, yeah, don't have a job. Don't, yeah, you can't fly anywhere. You can't go to. You know, you can't get yeah, out of you your room. Definitely, we're definitely going to let you live. You know, it's it's, it's right. like a house arrest. Well, it, it's literally it's it's to me it's literally like a guy pulls a gun on you in a back alley and says, "Give me all your money." And, you know, or I'll hey, shoot you. Don't you don't have to. You don't, yeah, have, you to don't have to. You could just take the bullet in the head. So, you know, technically you weren't forced to do anything. I mean, it's absurd. But, um, yeah, I mean, well, that, that what you're saying is, I mean, this is this is another reason why it's so unfair for even people that feel absolutely comfortable and confident. They don't think that anything could ever be awry with any of these vaccines or any Pfizer product, because we know how spotless their record is for decades. Um, how unfair is it for these people to smear as as paranoid conspiracy theor theorists or the idiot dupes of Russian information, disinformation, um, because they're hesitant or they have concerns over this thing that appeared yeah. out of nowhere, didn't go through normal testing, no. was r rushed to market yeah, I mean, at warp I just, speed, I mean, one and, their, and their cousin fell over dead two weeks yeah. ago after he got the second vaccine, right. even though he's only 23 years old. Right. I mean, I think there's really good data from FIFA, the soccer uh, group, and they, they not just do the top level professionals, but they, you know, anybody who's enrolled in, you know, like, I guess, high school and above, uh, or maybe even in high school, um, and they found a five-fold increase in deaths, death, sudden death amongst their, their players, predominantly male. Um, and that's the age group that has more myocarditis. Myocarditis is fatal. You know, I, I got literally screamed at <laughs> this goes back maybe six or eight months i was at my other group uh this tennis and squash uh, club and i was sitting there watching um i had just finished a game i'm just sitting on the couch and there's another court and a young mom was watching her kid get take a lesson we went up chatting because i was just kind of you know toweling off whatever recuperating and and uh the kid's wearing a mask playing you know no reason for that. Squash courts have like 20 foot ceilings, big aeration vent. Anyway, no reason. Kids don't get ill from this. And so I was just kind of, I, you know, I'm trying to get information for my show and get the sense of the public. And um, she was, you know, I don't really, she was a little, you know, on the edge about giving her child something that had not had any long term 
data. It's impossible to have any long-term data on something that has not been around well, a long course. term. Yeah, you just invented it. And so we were just having this little chat and a guy with multiple credentials after his name, uh, including MD and MPH, uh, came in and I've never met him before in my life. He, I guess he's a member and uh, better one than me, obviously, because he's in the right and I'm wrong. He started screaming that you cannot talk to her like that. You cannot say you're 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 going to breed vaccine. I don't know. Paranoia. Resistance or something yeah, like that. Right. And, and, and he was literally screaming at me and I'm not joking. And so I had to take him to a side room to see if I could kind of turn the temperature down, because even if I'm right, it looks bad you know, having somebody yell. And, and so I tried to get him to, to write his questions down and, and email them to me. Um, and, and we did this actually. So he, we, we back and forth, he had some interesting points and he's a smart guy as it were, he's, needs to, he's a little bit on the root side, but you know, he, he made this point that uh, I said, look, the vaccine can give you myocarditis. And he said, look, you can get myocarditis from the virus itself. So you should get the vaccine so you don't get the virus. And so I thought about that for a little bit. And I'm like, well, what if you've already had the, the virus illness and you pass through it fine, you're a young 15, you know, 17 year old guy and God bless you, you had no myocarditis. Why should you go back into the, you know, jump, jump into the well again and take the, the additional risk when you don't clearly right. don't need it? Of course. Aside, aside from, you know, kind of politics. And uh, he never sent me back an answer. Exactly. There's no answer. And this is another one of the disturbing things. So we, we have been bombarded with health authorities with all the right letters after their names showing up. And I, I wouldn't even say in effect because they've, it's almost been just completely brave. They've been completely brazen about it. Do X because I said you should do X and you should do X because Je suis la science. I am the science. Okay. It's like right out of like, you know, the French revolution, you know, it's like Anthony Fauci. I am the science. I am the doctor. I mean, I've had, yeah. La science, c'est moi. I mean, I am the doctor. I know what's up. It's the end of the story. I don't need to answer your question. If you actually try to get them to answer crucial questions, they really, I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, most of these people, I don't even, I can't think of one of them. I get people has, screaming at they me. Got not, yeah, that's screaming. what they do. That's what they do. They they get upset. They start, and I think what it is, now I'm, I'm okay, I'm, I'm not credentialed in this area, but I think what it is is, I mean, I think that's just like standard cognitive dissonance. You are absolutely, every molecule in your body has committed to a certain proposition, a certain view of the world. In this case, you know, it's, it's all about everyone, even five-year-old little kids should get jabbed with this, with Pfizer's latest mystery product that, and we don't even really know all the ingredients of it. Everyone, and every molecule in your body is committed to this. You've staked your reputation and you're the expert and you're, you, the people that you admire told you that that was the way to go. So you're gonna go with that 100%. And then you start to observe things that, that don't quite comport with your position or some pesky person, a Dr. Bach, comes along and asks you a question that suddenly kind of jimmies you out of that. You have to say it's a kind of cult mind state. It's the same real, it really is the same kind of mind state. It kind of jimmies you out of it. It jimmies you out of yourself for a few seconds so that you have to start thinking critically. And, and, it's, and it's, it's very anxiety inducing, okay? 
like uh, this is what I think is going on. And they don't really know what to say. And they don't want to be there. And in that moment, the only thing they want is to get back into that nice, comfortable mind state that they were in two seconds before you asked your question. And so they must shut you down. It's like the, it's Reagan's Star Wars missile defense shield. It's like the cone around the, the, the consciousness. And it is just going to neutralize any incoming missile that would provoke you into thinking critically. Okay. It, and this is what they do. And it's not only yelling at people at squash gyms. It's that the, the entire establishment with the cooperation of law enforcers, legislators, bureaucrats, regulators, with their accomplices in social media are censoring those questions. They're not even censoring arguments or evidence. Of course they are, but they're not only doing that. They're censoring the questions. And, 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 and here's another thing. I mean, you, you, anyone who doesn't, anyone who doesn't see, who doesn't know that government is using social media and legacy media as proxy censors. Oh, absolutely. You're out of it. You are out of it. It, it. It's, it's the most transparent end run around the first amendment that you can imagine. And yet it's working and they're getting away with it. You still hear these people, these NPR people that are making like 400 grand a year at their cushy job. They will tell you with a straight face. Well, Twitter has its own terms of you know use, and they can do whatever they want, and they can boot you off or whatever. And you're completely oblivious to the fact that the Biden administration, and in fairness, goons under in the Trump administration that I don't think Trump was controlling, but were operating as right. yet another rogue arm of the federal Leviathan, are applying very credible regulatory threats to these entities, right. these corporate entities, if they don't comply, if they don't, um, uh, you know, uh, prohibit misinformation, right. um, they're going to be punished. Yeah, they no, could it's, be it's, put out of business. It's Stalinism with a happy face. It, it, it is. It's Stalinism with just this, this thinnest veneer of, of, of an, you know, like, like we're all supposed to believe that like Google has no relationships with you know, this sprawling, monstrous bureaucracy and, you know, presidential administrations, are, it's absurd. I mean, it's just absolutely absurd. Of course, they're doing they're doing the hatchet job activities that that the feds, you know, they don't want to do it directly out in the open. They just kind of deputize Google, who, of course, owns YouTube. Right. So I'm, I'm not going to I had some slides I'm, I'm not going to get to, but one I, I'll post maybe a link to later is uh, the CDC Foundation, uh, which is sponsored by Pfizer, Merck, Facebook, and so forth. It's a great name, the CDC Foundation. I mean, who could possibly argue with that? And they talk about the way they they nudge uh, people to thinking. The, the UK had its own nudge unit. That's literally what they call it. And, you know, in, in war, uh, we understand these things. These are like the, you know, Ministry of Truth. And, and um you know, uh, you kind of want a different war footing uh, to kind of keep everyone together. But this is, you know, being kind of grossly misapplied. So we only have uh, maybe uh, around uh, 10 minutes left. Um, and I, I just wanted to uh, maybe make a provocative question. Have, have you uh, listened to anybody um, kind of recommend uh, any, you know, science type scientists and so forth recommend literally uh, the vaccine at this point to kids? Um, have you had a chance to follow up on that? Any thoughts on that? Well, well, I don't know if you remained on the video chat that we had the other night to that point. I don't know if you logged off. Just for viewers, uh, Randy and I were involved with a 
a group video chat. We won't name any names with two uh, experts <clears throat> with spectacular academic placements. And at the end of that conversation, the guy said that he thought all those little five-year-olds should get the vax. Yeah. So there's that. Of course they do. These people, I mean, these are the two experts that, as you know. Very sympathetic people. I love them. I, I think they're great people. And they're well, you very know, generous I, with their time. But I just don't, I just don't get it. I, I, well, like, you, sound, you sound like a very nice guy. I, you know, I, I can't say that I felt that way. I don't know these people. That was my first encounter with them. No answers. Pompous. Right. All they did, it was right out of Orwell's, you know, animal farm, just repeating, you know, but the vaccines are safe and effective, but the vaccines are safe and effective, but the vaccines are safe and effective. No curiosity about the recently court ordered, the, the recent release, the court ordered release of the Pfizer data, the internal documents that they wanted kept safe for 75 years. No curiosity about it, no familiarity with the contents and absolutely dismissive of anyone who might be intrigued by anything that is now coming right. out because of those documents, including, yeah, no, including the fact that Pfizer absolutely misled the FDA. I mean, that's, that's clear even at this early stage. So there've been this giant document dump. People are only now, including Naomi Wolf, um, you know, kind of organizing these, these, these kind of task forces to, to kind of go through the the documents and make sense of them and, and try to, you know, organize right. and, and so if, if, if it if and when it happens, it'll, it'll happen away from the light and away from the, the timeliness. Um, you know, when, when I wanted when I was doing these weekly shows, I wanted data about like who's getting sick, you know, what what type of people and so forth. And the CDC, I mean, we pay them. I, I don't know. I think gazillions is the right number or something right in there. And, and and they can't release the data in time to say what you know who's getting sick from this who's dying what what are the ages and so forth and and it's you know they had the information uh they have you know spreadsheets they could put them out they withheld them essentially and they, they made them relatively opaque uh to discovery yeah um but the and, thing that that i found missing just to kind of get back to this uh microbiologist um you know, phd uh, level conversation is that um you know I'm not saying everything should be clinical or be looked at clinically, but I think there's a big divide and divorce uh, between saying a virus, let, let's say you think, I don't know, the yellow fever vaccine is safe. Uh, it may be, it may not be. But the question is, do, do you need a yellow fever vaccine? You know, right. a, a five-year-old, uh, the, the vaccines may turn out to be fine, but but it's pointless. You know, I, I, I think vaccines are awesome. And I think probably a yellow fever vaccine is awesome, but I don't take one. I, I have no plans to take one. And I probably will not be headed to, I don't know, where Nigeria or someplace where in the in the in the brush where I might need one. And if I do, I'll get one. But, you know, I wouldn't give one to my five year old just because it's an awesome vaccine. I don't have a five year old. But, you know, I, I, I think it would be idiotic to give one to my 90 year old mother in laws downstairs. I mean, mm -hmm. she she wants every booster. And when uh, you know Pfizer's president wants to give everyone a fourth booster, uh, she'd be the first to line up for it. And, and God bless her. She's welcome to it. Uh, but but her long-term prognosis one way or another is is pretty grim and you know with or without vaccine yeah. and and it's well, so that, totally totally the opposite for a nine-year-old well every human that's born into the world has that grim prognosis because we right it's all... just a matter of timeliness <laughs> um you know anyway so i, I i'm going to leave you with closing thoughts um and uh 
you know, I, I want to preface by saying that I, I'm so honored that you were here with me tonight. I think this was awesome. And, and you're, you have open invitation. We, you know, I'm happy to do this more in, on different topics. That would be great. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, we didn't really get into the the kind of quantitative weeds, but that's okay. I guess we talked right. about why maybe it, it is rational to be hesitant or skeptical or to demand information about these important life choices. So that's that's pretty good. And I think we have lots of reason not to belabor, belabor the point, but lots of reason to you know to suspect that that the the main actors here have not always acted in good faith. Right. You know, there's always an expression, follow the money. Uh, I think it was Willie Sutton, you know, was asked why he robbed banks. And he said, that's where the money is. Um, and and in this case, you know, everything seems to, to tip towards, uh, you know, getting Pfizer et al. Uh, more cash. And I think that becomes a circular thing. You know, the, the, if you're a U.S. senator, potentially, you know, the former first lady or something like that, and you write a book, you know, you get a $50 million advance on the book, even though nobody's ever going to buy the book. And these are payments in kind. They, they, they're political, uh, you know, expedient donations that, that don't get, they're kind of, it's almost like a laundering of yes, money. Of and, 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 and God knows, I mean, Pfizer, you know, is, I'm not a conspiracy guy, but it's literally true that Pfizer, you know, supports a lot of the news and so forth, uh, the news programs. Yes. And I'm sure they do all kinds of other things that, you know, the, the U.S. senators, when Ted Kennedy was up and around as the lion, L-I-O-N, and, and also the L-Y-I-N-G of the Senate, uh, you know, we doctors couldn't, you know, like have lunch from a pharmaceutical rep. But, you know, but in, in a sense, this is a bigger, you know, bigger version of the same thing. There's a lot of lunches and, and probably trips and all kinds of other things happening um, that make Pfizer the really, you know, the most important actor. Um, Can I say a couple things about that before we... Yes, we've got maybe four or five minutes. Okay. So I have been vaccinated uh, with all sorts of vaccines. Okay. Like from, you know, I think it mumps, measles, rubella, whatever. So I, you know, I, you know, I've had tetanus shots recently. Um, but so I, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm a, you know, an anti-vaxxer back to the land or living, you know, in the middle of nowhere because I, okay. So, it, so I say that because it is, it is a fact, not a conspiracy theory. It is a fact verifiable by innumerable sources it's a matter of public record that pfizer has been a, a an outrageously delinquent malfeasant corporate actor for a long time so much so that it would be absolutely rational to infer and i think it is i think it's true i think you could make the case but it would be absolutely rational to suspect that that they that malfeasance is part of their business model that they are open about it. They consistently, their average from the public records that, that I've looked at in the last week, they average half a billion, Pfizer and its subsidiaries have averaged half a billion dollars in criminal and civil penalties every year for the last two decades. Now that's only going back two decades. If you go back further, you hear all sorts of, you see all sorts of other court cases and criminal proceedings and the rap sheet is almost incredible. It's bribing politicians, guilty. Uh, bribing regulators, guilty. Uh, falsifying data, found guilty. I mean, these are court, these are trials. This is not, you know, a, a QAnon conspiracy theory. They, so, so have they produced some great products? Probably, you know, I, 
sure, and great, great for them. Good for them if they've done that. But but their their misbehavior, their record of misbehavior should give any rational person pause, particularly before you're going to put one of their products into a five-year-old, which hasn't gone through normal testing protocols. Okay. Right. Listen, folks, that is parenting 101. Okay. You, that now well, last thing. What go ahead. And moreover, the kids don't kids would do better with full natural immunity. They don't they don't get yes, sick from COVID. Of course they would. Now, my my last point here that I want to leave with you is that. I said before that you, you, I don't know how you come to any other conclusion than, than, than that a lot of the main players here have not acted in good faith and are still not acting in good faith. And this is why I asked those experts that we chatted with my hypothetical question. And I'll, I'll mention it here. And the, the trick with the, my hypothetical question for these folks is if they answer it, we have reason to believe that they are good faith actors. And if they refuse to answer it, we know they're not really. And they get upset because they even sense in that moment that they're not quite the people that they thought they were. That's my, that's my inference. And the hypothetical question is for all of the Vax or Die Brigade is simply this. Hypothetical, I'm looking for a number here. How many of your loved ones would need to suffer a severe health crisis shortly after getting a vaccine before you hesitated to recommend that vaccine to other loved ones? Hmm. What is the number? Now I probably, knew probably, probably the number is one. The number is one. But if they won't, they won't. If the if any of the vax or die people won't answer, I cross them off the list. They're not good faith actors. They won't tell you the truth. They cannot be trusted to tell you the truth about anything, even if they knew it. Right. So I'm going to leave with that. Um, I uh, look forward to hearing responses and questions from people. We got a lot of nice reviews tonight. I'm not going to go over them right now, but we're going to look at them later. Tal, you can stick around. I'm going to end the broadcast. Thank you so much, everybody. I appreciate it. If you'd like Tal back again, let us know. Vote. <laughs> and um, uh, we look forward to uh, seeing all of you again. Thank you so much and good night. Yeah, thanks for having me.